What's good, everybody? Robin E. here on a brand new episode of Pillow Talk. As always, appreciate y'all for tuning in with me on this episode and all of my episodes. Make sure you all follow me on Facebook, Pillow Talk Podcast, and the IG, Robin E. 93, or Pillow Talk Podcast, whatever, you know, floats your boat when you're searching. Make sure you follow me on Twitter as well, E. 93 Robin. Shout out to everybody that tuned in to last week's episode. I got a lot of feedback (laughs) so now people want me to do another sex episode and listen i am not a sex guru by any means necessary okay and this is not what i am about i'm just a very sexually open person and i feel as a woman living in these times it's okay to be that okay but um thank y'all for tuning in on that i don't know if i'll be doing another sex episode i might have a man on with me The next time I touch on that, I got some other questions. I do need to ask the male species in regards to the female anatomy. So we may have to bring it back. However, it's been a lot going on in your girl's life. I ain't even told y'all. Like, oh my God. So I got a job. Yes, I got a job. And I'm excited (laughs) to say the least. But it is for an up and coming media network so I'm actually going to be working in the type of media that I want to work in this is something that I've actually went to school for I went to SIUC for broadcast journalism so I've always been into media writing you know um, creativity and freedom of speech so a big part of me being an independent podcaster being independent media person is having the flexibility to say what I want to say how I want to say it y'all already know so now I'm getting in a position where I can help create a company and be an account executive for this company in addition to being talent I really just fell into the job I don't know how else to describe it but it's in in the city it's in Chicago and I'll be commuting out there for the next couple months just getting things off the ground but your girl's on her way period I'm talking about I went in the job and got it on the spot okay Okay, so please bear with me if my episodes are lagging a little bit in, you know, uh, how often I drop them because now I'm going to be working and I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be working on another podcast that's based in New York. I'm going to be helping them get that going. I'm going to be doing a fashion show as well. I got a lot going on. So make sure you guys are following me on Facebook and Twitter because that's where I'll be posting all of the main content for me. With this new job, I decided that I'm going to do some more vlogs, let y'all kind of see the background work and what goes into building a media company. This is going to be my first time doing it. My boss saw something in me that he felt like he could mold and he's literally taking me under his wing and creating me to be this mogul. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So make sure you guys are following me on YouTube, Robin Yvette. I will be uploading some videos in the next couple weeks on how to get your money. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But basically just how to be a media mogul, how to move yourself through the podcaster world and how to keep that perseverance alive, you know? Today's episode, however, is more of me shooting the shit because I love to do that with y'all. Y'all clearly love it. Y'all already know that I have been binge watching. I am a binge watch person. I am a part of the binge watch nation. And with that binge watching has, you know, arisen new shows that we've uh, actually been able to dive into. I really, really love this moment right now 
even though it's like COVID shit, that we get to not only watch a show, but really get to dissect the show, really get to see why the show is relevant, get to see why it's important, why people fuck with it. And, you know, I'm extra. I always got to bring shit to a deeper level because that's how I am. So I thought that it would be interesting to talk about two black shows that literally rocked America. And they're really on two different sides of the spectrum. But they both create this essence of fantasy. And they create the magic in possibility. Keep listening. New episode dropping right now. I was able to move into my new apartment. I don't know if I had told y'all that or not. I think I did, but if not, I did. So I've been fixing it up, chilling, doing my thing, trying to get it, you know, together and feng shui. And I love my room for one. It's awesome. So I will be, you know, posting some videos from the (laughs) crib. But I don't have a TV yet. Mm, So I've been on my Mac like a motherfucking crackhead watching shit. And it's been a lot of black shows that have been streaming and coming out on different streaming platforms during this whole COVID time. Now, y'all knew I was going to say some black shit. I don't even know why y'all surprised. So some good shows that I've seen and tried to watch throughout COVID and through 2020. High Fidelity, that's starring Zoe Kravitz. And she was playing the role of Rob, short for Robin. (laughs) A tale of modern triumphs and struggles for women in life. And she had this eccentric, badass style about her. But I actually like that show. Um, I don't think it got renewed or I don't think it's going to be a second season as of yet. I haven't seen anything posted about it, but I liked it. I thought it was badass. I always like watching shows of women that are like kind of tomboyish, laid back, not wearing a lot of makeup, just kind of doing their own thing. She was like a boss of a record store or some shit like that. So I always like shows like that. But I thought that was lit. The Last Dance. Um, that was like, you know like the biography of Michael Jordan's basketball career and his impact in its entirety. I'm not really big on sports. Um, If you can see from my Rolodex of episodes, I never talk about sports unless it's something that a athlete did in regards to a movement or something of that sort. But it was actually a a well-put-together piece of imagery and media that I actually enjoyed to watch. Um, visually it was appealing, the storytelling was appealing, the way that they pieced together the commentary was very appealing, and the fact that they were documenting a black athlete who made a global impact, um, was always, you know, or is always a plus and a cherry on top of everything, so I thought it was actually really, really good. A lot of dudes were saying there was a lot of conflict that was said, I don't know all the ins and outs and all the history, but as far as a media person and watching cinema, you know, uh, cinematography and things that are visually aesthetic, I thought that it was a very well put together project. I remember going to Bulls games when I was a child. I'm here in Lake County again. Shout out to Lake County. I'm in Waukegan right now. And my dad used to get a plug on the Bulls tickets, but you had to have like 20 people. Like he would get like bulk tickets, but you had to have like 20 people, you know what I'm saying, to go. So the tickets would be cheap. So we all immediate family, mom, dad, my two brothers, my other brothers, 
my grandma, my grandpa, my aunties, my cousins, my uncles. We all caravan in our ass to the city, go slide, get some home running pizza, and go watch the game. I never really watched the actual game. I just liked the halftime. It was like passing out gifts and stuff. And just watch, uh, walking around the arena and being in that atmosphere was just lit as fuck to me. So that whole experience for me was very nostalgic and being able to kind of see a little backstory of someone that I was actually able to see play at some point was awesome awesome then little fires everywhere that was carrie washington and reese witherspoon fire very very well put together uh tv show i'm loving all of these modern and historical references of racism and white and black and the different situations that they create because Again, even though black lives have always mattered, this is always going to be a constant conversation until things are changed, if they can ever be changed. So I always like when shows depict situations that people think don't matter or are irrelevant because they're not seeing them or they're not being affected by them immediately, but they are situations that are happening. So Little Fires Everywhere is definitely one of those type of shows where you can see how race and social status impacts a person and how they maneuver through life. Black as Fuck with Kenya Barris. Hated it. Godfather of Harlem with Forrest Whitaker. I actually didn't get a chance to watch all of this, but it's kind of decent. However, there were two prominent shows that came out in recent months that really took over black culture and world culture and really made an impact and created this nostalgic atmosphere of fantasy real talk okay okay fantasy i feel like has always been widely portrayed as white only and the essence of the impossible but these two shows have given us both a black and very possible fantasy okay first off Let's just say this show right here is pretty recyclable as far as storyline, but the drive and ambition behind all of the possibilities that surrounded the storyline made the show a very fantasy-like feeling, at least for me when I watch it. Because that's some shit that I would do if, you know, my parents weren't able to find out. Okay. Period. Down in the valley where the girls get naked. If you throwing bands, then you know she gon' shake it. One, two, break em. Three, four, break em. These niggas grind hard, but these bitches grind harder. Climbing up the pole just to get out the bottom. The crowd below, stay ready for the show. The pimps, the dough, don't let it so we may falling on the sky look easy look at my bitches gangsta walking on the city green on the floor money talk can you hear me the word is so addicting the dreams is expensive keep spending work hard for the talk can't fall now but whatever goes up must fall down what you do when it power out kids home can't do no but scream shout we all to the live but the different routes say the shit was shine gotta make it count will you live and die by the paper route you spend it down just make it out Down in a valley with a girl getting naked. That's that shit, period. Because that theme song goes, boo-coo. 
Buku. P. Valley airs on Stars, okay, which is a predominantly black station. Shout out to Stars for being black as fuck. We appreciate you, okay? Created by Katori Hall based on her play Pussy Valley. This is really just a story of triumph, struggle, and overcome, okay? And just really, really drastic details, like really, really black drastic details. <laughs> Um, starring Nico, is it Nico Amon? Oh, I'm sorry, Nico Amon, and that was Uncle Clifford, Brandy Evans, Mercedes Woodbine, Alarica Johnson, Haley Alphonse Nicholson, Lil Murda, Shannon Thornton, Kashan, Mississippi, Tyler Lepley, Diamond, Isaiah Washington, Mayor Tidal Ruffin. So I felt like. This show really gave us, again, this whole mindset of possibility and opportunity. The Ratchetest Strip Club, full of mischances, mischief, fuckery, sex, violence, and again, the magic of possibility and strength. What makes this shit magical? What is fucking the fantasy about P-fucking-Valley? Uh, hello. For one, the atmosphere, because niggas know they be looking like kids in a candy store whenever they go in the motherfucking strip club. Women, too. I've been lost in a booty sauce once or three times in a strip club. But the whole aesthetic of being here in this magical place where all these, you know, beautiful women are shaking their ass and all of these dim lights are there and the liquor's flowing and pouring and the music is loud and you ain't got to worry about nobody checking you for being a nasty motherfucker is a fantasy. Whether or not you want to acknowledge it, let's just be honest. That's why the strip clubs have been thriving still during COVID. Motherfuckers go to strip club to get away, to be in a fantasy type of world. That's why they have private rooms. Okay? Okay? The finesse of the hustle. Strippers was in there not only scheming men, but setting aside shit to really live a magical type of life that was suited for them. So, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen P-Valley, turn this episode off right now. Okay, so if you've already seen it, period, you already know what's going on. But Mercedes saving her money, you know, to have her dance studio do her own thing. And that right is a fantasy in itself is a magical type of life in itself. For her having come up the way she came up with her and her crazy ass mama and her being an opportunity to where she could stack her money and create this type of fantasy that she's always wanted is magical in a sense okay it gives her this type of superpower motive to do whatever's needed to be do you know done to get the dollar like she was you know laundering the money through her mama which was stupid through the church she shouldn't have did that then you got the thirst for opportunity you know this made people pull out superpowers just to touch what they felt like could be a chance for them to evolve or elevate mississippi okay because she was smart when it came to opportunity but not to men though not to men and then black gay thugs. Shall I elaborate or we not we ain't ready to do that? No, nah, we ain't y'all wanna do that. Let's just be honest about black gay men because this is still a taboo topic that a lot of black men are uncomfortable to talk about, but there are a lot of black men who are living this life openly. And there's a whole subculture about it. And Motherfuckers live a double life. Let's just put it out there like that. Just like Lil Murder was doing in the show. So that in itself, again, is a type of fantasy. A lot of niggas 
wish that they could do shit like that. Or they do freaky shit with their bitch because they don't want to do shit with a nigga because they scared. Even though I feel like if you like getting fucked in the booty, well, hey, just own up to it. Live your life. So <laughs> pros of the show for me, predominantly black, new face cast. I love that. Because period, Diamond? <laughs> God damn. 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 That nigga is fine as shit. And God knew what he did when he put that man together. I hate the meme I seen when somebody said this would Drake feel like he looked like. I ain't gonna lie. That's really what how Drake should have looked. I don't really know what happened in the configuration of him being made in the womb but i felt like if drake looked like that he wouldn't be questioned as much as he's still questioned right now <laughs> but that nigga is fine as hell i don't know how they found him with his light skin ass and he looked like he can really be some ass in real life so I, I i don't know but for me it's a yes when i did the hurt bay episode shout out to my bitch brie brie we did you know shrimp or eggplant and i put him and she said that he had a shrimp and i just didn't understand that <laughs> like Bitch, what? Now, I know it's a myth with light-skinned niggas, but we're not going to pass judgment on everybody like that. We're not going to do that, okay? We're not going to do that. But I definitely enjoyed watching his pretty ass on the screen. So it was an intriguing storyline, reflected on natural disasters as well, and how they disheveled blacks, causing them to do whatever for the dollar. Which really, in a sense, is what Haley was doing, even though I felt like she could have got a job, like, doing a 9 to 5. But, hey, live your best life. Since the situation was going on, she was on a run. That put her in a position to do something she normally wouldn't do, which was strip. A lot of women are stripping for a lot of different reasons. And the majority of those reasons is because they have no other option or they don't see fit any other option. So I do like that they kind of gave a backstory on her and why she was there in the first place. As well as a lot with the other strippers. The damn little murder performance. Listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. I watched that shit earlier today because that shit was bussing. And the the jacket was bussing. Uncle Clifford repping his nigga was bussing. Like, that was honestly, like, a really, really good-ass, aesthetically pleasing scene for me. That's, like, my favorite scene. Um, The push on importance of family because blood don't mean shit. I felt like this definitely show motherfuckers how just because somebody is blood related to you doesn't mean that you have to be loyal to them okay and then black's obsession with religion mercedes mama shorty was tripping she definitely became consumed in this whole thought process with religion and i really really wish that black people would take more time to research their religion and the impact that it had on blacks then and if they would want to still continue practicing it now every time we talk about issues with black people we always refer back to a church some type of way it creeps into the conversation and this should not always be a weapon that we use to dignify actions that have happened because this is wasn't even something that was created for us this wasn't even something that was implemented you know what i'm saying by us this was something that was created by our masters you know what i'm saying by these white people that's why i don't really get too deep into religion because for me i'm too rooted in the history of of different religions but this show i feel like definitely again showed black people's obsession with religion and how crazy it really makes them and how far they will go you know by the word of the lord like damn bitch so cons displaying domestic violence and how people won't or don't intervene so mississippi white man 
I don't even understand why she's with that white man because it ain't like he was a black white man. Like, when he came in, I was really, really disappointed. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, Justin Timberlake or, like, Channing Tatum white. But he was, like, carrot top white. You know what I'm saying? Like, Zac Efron white. Well, Zac Efron, fine. Maybe not. But, you know what I'm saying? He was, he was like, a regular white dude, and I was just really disappointed um slow in the beginning to me I actually didn't get into the show until maybe like maybe like the third episode that's when I feel like it started getting a little more compelling to me so I'm just one of those type of people I like things to be interesting at the jump off I wanted the first episode to be fire you know what I'm saying and everything else gonna be fire after that but if it ain't then I'd be like fuck it's whack but I will try to force myself to watch at least half of a season of something before I you know clarify whether it's you know whack but I felt like it took a little while for me to, to get it. The overuse of these stereotypes for blacks. So, like I said, even though it does have those magical aesthetics, this is an overly portrayed stereotype of black women and black people. We are always portrayed as prostitutes or strippers or low lives or conniving or scheming or religious crazy. All these other aspects, uh, asset, uh, assets, I'm sorry. All these other assets that culture and America pushes on black people. And we always feel like we have to use these stereotypes only to portray who we are. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? When you're stuck in this cycle, when you know what you know and that's all you know, you feel like you're okay and you're content. But please understand that black people are way more than our bodies and our criminal capabilities. Okay? Okay, so memorable moments for me, Mercedes whooping her mama ass because, hmm, now mama was throwing some jabs and I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna act like she wasn't <laughs> giving it to Mercedes, but that was definitely a moment of like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, what would you have done in that moment? You know what I'm saying? What would you have done if your mama spent this money that you, you know, you've been working your ass for, you've been saving for, it went ahead and then took your studio and some more shit. Like, she really got on that. for her mama. I'm talking about, like, she was a hoe on the street. Like, wow. That was a very memorable moment. Um, Meeting Mercedes' white-ass boyfriend, like I said. For me, that was a uh-uh moment. Like, bitch, no the fuck you didn't. When Dan- uh, Diamond beat his ass when they was fighting in the motherfucking club. And Mercedes fucking pulled the gun on Diamond. Bitch, you're stupid. Like, they're going to wear your ass out when y'all get to the crib. Do you know that? I ain't going to be surprised if she end up with a broke-ass arm or some shit in the first season of the next, uh, first episode of the next season because that was some stupid-ass shit. As much as he be beating her ass, like, bitch, you stupid. Well, Uncle Clifford and Lil Murder fucked. Now, again, you supposed to turn this off if you ain't watched this uh, show because at this point, you're going to be blue. But, yeah. This whole infatuation with the low life aspect of gangster niggas that do gay shit is crazy to me because it's really some real shit that be happening, y'all. Like real talk. And a lot of niggas act like it don't be happening, but it really be happening. But I wasn't expecting to see that much detail and I wasn't expecting to see that happen. I was like, oh shit. Is these niggas fucking? <laughs> Fuck. So that was definitely a memorable ass moment. 
And then when Uncle Clifford got desperate trying to stay the club and he bailed out Mercedes' mama out of jail, that was another, like, what the fuck moment. Because to me, it felt really irrelevant for him to go that route. I still don't understand why he tried to do that. I didn't, that was, like, stupid as fuck. But hell no, fuck that. So is there a hidden message or a, you know, sum up of the show? Is there something that we're supposed to take away from watching this? Every time somebody makes something that blows up, there's always something people take away from it, whether or not you want to believe that. And that's what makes it popular. That's what makes it a dominant show because everybody takes something different from it. Watching the show, I would feel it's like everything that glitters ain't gold. Okay? Everything that glitters ain't gold. We're quick to judge people not knowing what they can do or what they've been through. And I feel like this show showed us a lot of gritty things but it showed us a lifestyle of people that had to push limits in order for them to survive and in order for them to live a, a magical life these are the things they had to do when mercedes i'm sorry when mississippi did her solo performance when mercedes was in jail that was a very magical moment for her you know what i'm saying that was a very spotlight moment for her where she was able to kind of pull out her superpowers do her best tricks and she did what she went viral and in that moment the opportunity of her becoming somebody other than just being this this stripper here dating this white man gave her a superpower gave her the capabilities to really go full throttle and now you're living this magical type of life that could grow into be a real fantasy you know what i'm saying a real life fantasy so for me i feel like that's why this show is magical it showed a lot of different aspects of the fantasy life you know a realistic depiction of fantasy for modern day people or people that are living these type of lives in these types of situations and they're in these predicaments and they won't out and maybe the magical life isn't necessarily riches and golds maybe it is just having a dance studio maybe it is just getting away from a crazy ass boyfriend or ex-husband that's you know trying to kill you maybe it is just saving your strip club that your father, you know, gave to you that you want to keep in your family because it's a part of your legacy. You know, fantasy, magical, all of these aspects of the unknown or the otherworldly doesn't have to necessarily be vampires and ghouls and goals and, you know, spells. It can necessarily be a life you envision, a life that you want. It can simply be a situation that is perfect for you. And maybe what you have to do to obtain that situation is acquire superpowers because it seems unattainable. But in order to achieve that fantasy, you have to do what you have to do. I would definitely recommend P-Valley. I would give it an eight and a half. I ain't going to say it was a 10, but I would give it an eight and a half. I think that everybody of grown stature can watch the show and actually get into it and like I said take something from it really get into this whole ideology of a modern or realistic type of fantasy and really diversing what a fantasy is for different types of people because again it doesn't have to be spells and you know ghouls and goblins and all of these magical things that you'll never see again it can simply be a life you feel is unattainable Next up, Lovecraft Country. I just made that up. Airs on HBO, which is definitely known for good ass fucking content. I love HBO. I ain't gonna lie. They uh they be doing their shit. 
developed by Misha Green. So it was a TV show that is an adaptation of the book written by Matt Ruff. So it was a book initially first, and then it became a TV show, a TV series, starring Journey Smollett, Letitia fucking Lewis, Jonathan, uh, I'm sorry, is it Myers? Majors? Jonathan Majors, who plays Atticus, Courtney B. Vance, George Freeman, Michael K. Williams, Montrose Freeman, and don't he know how to get a bag? Period. Abby Lee Kershaw, Christina Brathwaite, Wumi Musaku, Ruby Baptista, Anjune Ellis, Hippolyta Freeman, Jada Harris, Diana Freeman. So this show is setting in a racist and very real 1950s Jim Crow era. And it's mixing in race, racism, black history, self-reflection, cultural, mental health awareness, a whole lot of other things with magic. I really, really, really love how they decided to mix in all of these black historical elements to tell a magical tale. And again, like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, whenever fantasy and magic is depicted, you know, your Harry Potters and your Star Wars, you know what I'm saying, all these other things, you don't see the representation of minorities or black people. So now we're watching something where magic is very, very prelevant. I'm talking about spells and, and demons and ghouls and goblins. And we get to see black people play the heroes and the villains and the demons and the goblins and the ghouls, you know, and the, you know, key people off to the side. We get to see them portray portray a magical life we get to see them be the main people who are tied to this magical bloodline who possess this type of power so I really really feel like that's so captivating it is an adult show but as adults you know what I'm saying you're watching it and and you can't help but be captivated in the aura that is black people which is black magic and and, and how prominent and powerful it really is and how powerful we really are so pros everything like no seriously i love everything about this show there's literally nothing i would change um like i said the rich sense of black culture the detailed description of our history the deep-rooted connection of black people to magic representation all shades they got black people of every color on there okay from red bone to cocoa chocolate they include uh, also include scientific references and portrayals, which is awesome as well, because, again, we don't really see that representation. Realistic black experience from the setting, the language, from the smallest detail. So, again, if you have not seen this show, turn the episode off now because I'm finna fuck it up. No, but um, this show does a really, really great job of capturing a black experience down to the T. So there's an episode, I ain't gonna say which episode, but... When Letitia turned up um, outside of her house because the white people were harassing her and she was busting out windows out of the white people's cars. And the police came and arrested her. And she was getting beat up, you know, in the police car. They were driving all reckless, making sure she was falling all around everywhere. And she had bruises and shit all on her face. And they put her cuffs too tight, all of these things. You could tell that she had been beaten up. But this was a normal thing for black people back then. You know what I'm saying? When police police brutality happens now and people get arrested and they come back with, you know, black eyes and broken ribs and shit like that, people want to have an uproar. 
Well, what about the shit that happened 50 years ago? You know what I'm saying? What about the shit that happened 30 years ago? This is something that's normal for black people and minorities when they get arrested, whenever they're around police, unfortunately. We're always targeted and we're always treated wrong. And this is a woman. You know what I'm saying? Letitia plays a character of a woman, a black woman, scale, a skinny, small, frail black woman. You know what I'm saying? Clearly, you could beat her up as a man if you wanted to and the fact that they didn't care about her being a woman about her being small and frail and petite just again shows how deep in hatred racism is for black people in america um the worldly connection they had a south korea episode on there which i think they tried to align a reference of how black people um really are the blueprint a blueprint globally around the world and how our influence is felt all around the world cons i really didn't have any cons like there's only one con i would say is that george freeman dying in the second episode hopefully this nigga come back next week um be stalking the fuck out of my account and seeing if the episode drops early but he's like the yoda of the show i felt like to me and the fact that they killed him off in the second episode was kind of like uh the fuck you know you didn't have to do that to my mans so hopefully they bring him back best moments for me um there were a lot of moments in the show that really stood out and really resonated with me but episode four i felt like was the most powerful episode as far as negro spirituality um wrongdoings that happen amongst black people that you know will never ever ever seek justice how common it was for those these horrendous acts to happen um and how evil white people were towards us and how strong we have to be how resilient and powerful we have to be to overcome these obstacles even though there's so many so um episode four is really about when Letitia acquires the haunted house and she figures out that it's haunted and she ends up battling the ghost of the doctor who was doing horrendous experiments on black people so black people were disappearing and he was experimenting on these black people they were dying he was just getting more you know and just killing them off so um she had to cast out the doctor from the house and that was just a very powerful moment negro spirituals were playing all the ghosts of the black people who had been killed you know arose and they helped Letitia banish this ghost so that was really kind of like a revenge moment a revolt moment you know it it makes me think of if slaves had the opportunity you know to kill their slave master they would if we had opportunities to oppress the oppressor we would so that was just a very powerful scene a very powerful moment again Letitia being a black woman being this frail black woman and having to kind of stand up against this monster to defend this home that she acquired just again shows the resilience of the black woman oh i'm sorry i got deep right there my bad um another moment Letitia busting out them car windows because period because they had her fucked up and then tick and Letitia um sleeping together <laughs> i am a freak no but i just like that i knew it was coming so i was happy when it did come i was mad that she was a virgin though that i think if tick would have known that she was a virgin he probably wouldn't have did that with her in that sense he probably would have made it you know really a mood but it was still very entertaining to watch nonetheless so what makes it magical well it is a show 
rooted in magic, you know, from spells to historical references, um, immortality, transformation. It has all of those different uh, aspects that makes it magical. But I really, really like the fact that it includes black history all the way back to slavery and how magical black people are and how we are, again, the blueprint of of everything fuck you talking about um there's unsolved coincidences you know fairy tales and then there's this whole concept i feel like of your unchosen destiny which makes it magical we all feel like we know what's going to happen in our lives we all feel like we know what we're supposed to be doing but there's always a higher purpose there's always another destiny that maybe we chose or maybe we didn't choose and i feel like this show always gives people an opportunity to be who they're destined to be and that in itself is a very magical aspect a lot of people don't get the opportunity to live in their truth a lot of people are afraid to live in their truth so when you get put in a situation to where you're forced to live in that truth and you're forced to be in that unknown it can be a magical experience um it can be a fantasy it can be this unreal outcome that you didn't even see coming whether it be for better or for worse. Um, they also had the secrecy, you know, yet again, of the gay black man. And I feel like that is a sense of fantasy. Um, it's interesting to me to see how both of these shows, which are on two different spectrums of black culture, still find ways to have common similarities, like the black gay man. So this show is stationed in the 1950s. You know what I'm saying? This is Jim Crow era. This is definitely during the time when black gay men was very, very highly rejected and frowned upon and, you know, something to be ashamed about. So for us to see it again in this show, because this came out, uh, I believe, after P-Valley. So for this to be resurfaced again, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a blast from the past type of situation. We're looking at P-Valley, this modern day depiction, because this is something that's happening right now. We see the black gay male depiction. And then we look at this show here and we see another black gay male depiction and, and, and how the roles of the two black gay men are still the same you have one black gay man that's feminine that dresses more like a woman and one that is masculine prominent more on the hush hush about his sexuality so that is a fantasy for black men that we don't really talk about but we are very very aware of okay okay hidden messages i feel like as of right now, because the show is still going on. So I think it's like two episodes left. So I'm not able to decipher what the overall message of the show is. But up until this point, I would say one message I've been able to capture from it is you can't know where you're going until you know where you're destined to be. Okay. This show is all about everyone either yearning, escaping, or descending upon finding their purpose. And I feel like it's very, very important for everybody to know their purpose and for them to be intact on what it is, you know, they're destined to do. So I would definitely recommend the show. I feel like it's a 10 on a 1 in 10. Like on a scale of 1 in 10, the show is awesome, awesome. I absolutely positively love it. And I wouldn't change anything about it. So 
Fantasy is the new black baby, whether you slice it, dice it, dissect it, flip it, roll it. That's what it is. And I hope that more black creatives will take notion to create more fantasy depictions and they use black people in those roles. Because again, baby, we are the blueprint. If you haven't seen P Valley or Lovecraft Country, I would highly recommend that you watch both of these shows. Send me an inbox. Let me know which show you think is better. As always, appreciate y'all for tuning in with me here on Pillow Talk, baby. Thank you so much. Peace out.